Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. We, sorry, would you like to try that name again? Had Ian Morris. I, did, I feel like you mispronounced your own, your own surname. I there. didn't mispronounce my own name. I said Ian Morris. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Rewind, ladies anyway, and gentlemen. So, if I want to mispronounce my own goddamn name, I goddamn will. And that's why you <laughs> succeed in life. Um, well, that is Ian Morris. He's sitting there very comfortably on the end of his chair. Um, I'm sitting comfortably on my chair, and we're actually recording two hours and. 16 minutes later than we normally do because I had a problem with a new bit of technology that I bought but we fixed it it was a collab oh, you fixed it, it I didn't have anything to do with it it was a collaborative effort well I wouldn't have known that you couldn't hear me had um, had we have not as a team of patrons listening live and you we wouldn't have fixed it but we did. You would have just blundered in, started yabbering, and we wouldn't have known what you were saying. We got through it together. We got through it together, and that's and that's Result. that's worth celebrating. I think we should celebrate um, with some news. Here it goes. Yeah. Um, and you you know it's going to be a fun week when the top story we pick for the show is that Royal Mail is putting QR codes on stamps. Um, <laughs> you might say <laughs> it really is a bit of first class news. I I I am. Um, I feel like a male podcaster. Well, you are a male podcaster. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. There we go. Anyway, uh, Britain's ordained purveyors of post uh, said this week that following a successful national trial, it's adding unique barcodes to all of its definitive stamps. And I, I have to say, I, I'd never heard that term, definitive stamps. But it basically means your run-of-the-mill postage stamps. Your first classes, you know, your standard queens. Um, it's also giving letter lovers one year to use up any existing stamps that have not been ordained with the new QR codes. Um, and you've got until the 31st of January 2023 to either send a letter with said stamps or... Give them over to Royal Mail, and they'll give you some new ones. Hey, hold on, hold on a second though. Um, I th- I thought that stamps, if they were like first class or second class, could just be used in perpetuity without a code on them. And yet, not true. Oh, so you need to. Ex- so you'll have to take them back to your post office. I assume. take them to your nearest post office, um, or I think you'll find one. They have an exchange program where you can you can swap your stamps. Um, the question is. Why, of course, why QR codes? Let's first, I think, give the official, very PR-friendly explanation, which is to make it possible for you to receive a letter in, scan the stamp with your QR code using Royal Mail's mobile app, uh, and be taken to a video featuring Ardman Animations' A Shaun the Sheep. Um, oh, wow. What an opportunity. Indeed. Um, the Clay and Fingers film producers have made a special little film about uh, about the woolen fellow for the people who want to find it by scanning uh, the front of their post with a app. Now, the other part of the reason is 
to let people in future send a digital item along with their physical letters. And I have to say the details for this bit are quite hazy according to my research. Uh, in principle, it seems the idea is that uh, down the line, you'll be able to send a letter, you stick your little stamp on it with a QR code, um, you assign a video that you made on your phone, a selfie, uh, a website link, whatever, anything you could attach um, a QR code to point towards. Uh, you do that, then you post your letter, your recipient gets the letter and says, oh, there's a fancy QR code up there next to uh, the Queen, scan it, and then while you're reading your letter, maybe you're listening to the sound of some noise that your correspondent has sent digitally. And that sounds pretty cool. I quite like that idea. Um, and uh, John in our live chat says, it's a pretty cool idea. We've been doing this for a while at school with our displays. And certainly we've seen QR codes done, uh, things done with QR codes like this um, in a range of ways. But this is now going to be done with stamps. However, Ian. Yes. What is not in the press release, or indeed any of the stories I read about this development, is what I think is the bigger motivator. And this is where I would very much like your opinion and the opinion of people listening, which is tracking post. Tracking post. I think we have all at some point received a letter upon which a stamp is affixed, uh, but without any ink or postmark over it, making it very easy to remove the stamp and reuse it. Um... Now, with a QR code on it, a stamp could, in theory, and I'm being purely hypothetical here, in theory, logged centrally as having been used already. And that's yeah. and that's not to say it's a bad thing. I'm not positioning this as a bad thing. I'm just trying to think bigger picture here. Um, you know, you look at the decline of letter sending, the growth, certainly by, via Royal Mail, um, the growth of alternative carriers for mail and parcels. And you sort of think, well, anything royal mail can do to to keep its costs down and stamp buying up is probably understandable and sean the sheep in this instance is basically just making it easier to talk about and show some real world examples of so people can say oh i see that's what it's for fair enough but i kind of believe and again total conjecture here behind the scenes it's a way of tightening the mail system so that you don't get things like reused stamps maybe you can do better tracking of where exactly a letter is or a lost letter um, if it's having to be scanned on entry to every single place it goes um, maybe you can reduce things like credit card fraud by being able to more specifically hone into where that very particular letter or, or parcel is which i think overall is a very good idea um I d I'm very interested to see how it plays out because I don't send many letters. Most of the things I send are birthday cards. But then I think, well, maybe perfect. Maybe that's the best thing. You send a birthday card. I did one two weeks ago for my brother. Happy birthday, Andy. And um, could have sent him a message with his stamp. Instead, I just FaceTimed him. But I like the idea. What's your opinion, Ian? Tell me while I slurp this cup <sighs> of tea discreetly. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I, I like the idea of being able to track a letter. That's really useful. Um, obviously, at the moment, you can send a track letter, but there's an ex extra cost. So I don't know if they're going to actually allow you to do that. Well, I can tell you, know, you now, for, as, as, yeah. as, a, as a, just as a uh, addendum, they're not going to charge more for these stamps. The stamps okay. are going to say the same price, uh, and you can still buy them in books, just as you could before. You know, books of six, twelve, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But makes sense. And, and is, is is tracking something they're selling this on or not? No, that's the point. Um, it's that they're not. They're, they're selling this on personalization, on adding a digital 
aspect to uh, letter sending, but they're promoting it in such a way that I think is only half the truth. And not- I don't. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be a grumpy old man, but that sounds like a complete waste of everyone's time to me. I mean, with the nicest sort of feeling in the world, what what's what's the point? No one's going to do that. I mean, someone might, but it requires so much. You know, the person's got to put it, attach it to the Royal Mail website. Um, then someone's got to scan it at the other end. I, it's just not going to happen. No one's going to do that. Um, but I- it's also, you know, how do you stop people from? I don't know, attaching weird sort of things to their <laughs> the QR code. Well, you know, the same thing. I can think of all sorts of abuses of that system. Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to, you can't let that stop. You know, innovation. If that were the case, then we'd yeah. never have any social media. Um, we'd have a very different landscape. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's so, uh, of course, yes, of course. Um, and I, I only mention that because I think I think that the whole idea of having a QR code on a stamp is stupid from that perspective but useful from a tracking perspective like you know um if i can keep an eye on when when my letter's delivered even if it's only just you know nothing no real information beyond it's been delivered uh, that would be really useful um but if they're not sort of saying that they're going to do that because that is something that they would normally charge for if you want to send registered posts with the signature obviously i mean that's a slightly different aspect but that gives you the tracking that's an extra cost. So I, I don't know if they're going to undercut their own services, allow you to see if a letter's been delivered. Obviously, it's also difficult because the postman would have to scan it maybe, or at least at the very least it'd have to be scanned at a depot. That's going to add a lot of cost. So I don't know if that's even going to be a thing. Well, it sounds to me like this is just a way of people maybe attaching things to letters, which I get is kind of a good idea because letters obviously are declining in popularity. Um, and it could be cute for Christmas cards and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't see it as being a tracking service for the consumer. I see this as a way of Royal Mail being able to keep track of where letters are um, clamped down on fraud if they're able to, yeah. you know, identify a maybe a particular sorting office that has a rogue employee. Um, I've seen plenty of documentaries about about that, um, and it's a difficult battle to fight. But um, but the but the other final point i just think about something like this is that you've it's almost it's almost a running joke isn't it that if you want to if you want to insult your postman the best thing to do is write a postcard to yourself and tell him to you know do something unpleasant to someone maybe his mother yep. maybe someone else uh because you sort of assume that everyone's going to read your postcards and the thing well, of course they're going to read i mean it's not like it's in an envelope if you care about that put it in an envelope and the oh, it cost any more well the qr codes on the front of the stamp it's right next to her majesty it's hard to ignore so you know i could see a load of fun being had with sitting bored in a sorting office scanning all the qr codes on the post that's going through and seeing who sent you know the sex sex stamp i mean yes you're right but i just don't i don't think there's any time to do that in a sorting office you know they're pros and it's also mostly done by machines these days isn't it a lot of it but they are having quite a lot of problems with staff absences, and that's part of the reason why Royal Mail's been in the spotlight recently. And there's a lot of, I mean, a lot it, of delays it, right now, but that's separate to this issue. That's more COVID and uh, and things rather than any fundamental issue with staffing. I think I, I can definitely see a a point to it, but none of them are the points that they've decided to make use of. Yeah, I agree with you on the on the fraud point. You know, on people reusing stamps or 
uh, even maybe um, fraudulently printing their own stamps. Like, you know, I'm sure that's a thing. So, yeah, I can see all of that being useful to Royal Mail. Um, having the scannable bit, it does nothing for me. And having used Royal Mail services as well, like, you know, its website, all that kind of jazz, they're all awful. So they're going to have they're going to run into all sorts of problems with people just not wanting to bother because it's such an unpleasant experience. The exact opposite to having this conversation with you, Ian, which I think has been quite heavenly. Um, thanks so much. Thanks for your insight and your optimism. Uh, obviously, this topic hasn't got Ian's uh, stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a second class idea to him, but. Yeah, well, I'll be frank with you, Nate. Oh, very good. <laughs> you know, I found I earned my first pound running a franking machines, uh, franking machine at one of my mum's old employers when she basically illegally subcontracted her young son <laughs> to frank stuff in the back room. But you know, I learned the power. It's brilliant. I I love that. I learned the power of hard work that way. Um, yeah, uh, good times. Let us know any thoughts you have. Uh, you can't write to us because we don't accept letters. Um, but you can email us by sending one to hello at uktechshow.com. Uh, a pair of new streaming services are launching in Europe, Nate. Um, hooray! The UK won't, won't, well, the UK won't be included, unfortunately. Unhooray! Uh, for, <laughs> for reasons I'll explain in a bit. Uh, the, the first, and this is um, from Pocketlint originally, uh, is Sky is preparing a joint venture with US cable channel Showtime that will launch in 20 countries, including Spain and Portugal, and regions like Eastern Europe and the Nordics. Uh, and it will include content from both nbc universal and viacom cbs and why is that unusual i hear you ask yeah i did um it, yeah it, it's unusual because nbc universal and viacom cbs are rivals and aren't usually involved with each other in this sort of um three-way split to produce what i'm calling an orgy of content <laughs> um, it will however give sky uh, a considerable brand boost in some countries where it doesn't currently operate. Uh, it's uh, The service is at the moment available in the UK, Ireland, Germany, and Italy, I think. Uh, that's Sky's general over-the-air kind of satellite system. Uh, but this streaming play could position it and its brand as a sort of European powerhouse rival to Netflix. Um, so you, I could hear you mumbling, why no UK service, Ian? Um uh, and that's because NBC and CBS both have their own streaming platforms. NBC has Peacock and CBS has Paramount+. Plus. Peacock, you could already get if you're a Sky Movie subscriber. Uh, the, the app is on the Sky Q box. Um, and it's announced a similar deal with Paramount+, Plus that will start later this year, maybe next month or so. Uh, that will bring Star Trek Discovery and the upcoming Strange New Worlds with it, uh, which has caused some controversy, as you might remember. I don't. When he got pulled from Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's, it was very annoying. Star Trek Discovery was a Netflix exclusive outside of the US and Canada. And they decided at the last minute they were going to put it on their own service instead and pulled it from Netflix with like 24 hours notice. Uh, and everyone was very upset about that. Um, 
And then the, the second service that I mentioned, if you can remember back before the waffle, is HBO Max, which already operates in many of the regions that the Sky Showtime service will. Um, it, HBO obviously owns shows like Game of Thrones and all of the upcoming versions of that that are going to be along and Succession brilliant uh, <laughs> drama largely based on the Murdoch family the former owners of Sky uh, that that deal with HBO and Sky uh, means that there won't be HBO Max in the UK for some years to come uh, it's supposed to end in 2025 but we might end up with the same thing again where HBO becomes like a, a subscription service that's available on Sky and maybe also available to other people through their own subscriptions. But we'll have to wait and see. It, it seems unlikely that Sky's going to want to give up all that great content because it's a big part of the selling point for the service. Uh, so any questions, old chap? Is this sort of like an American equivalent to BritBox? In like, kind of, t- like, I guess. Like two, two rivals teaming up to offer something legitimate in countries where it hasn't previously been available legitimately or as easily. Yeah. I, I would say that's a pretty good summary of it. I, I personally, I don't know why they don't all launch their own services. I mean, they, you know, they're all looking to go global, um, so it would make sense for me, to, you know, that they would put their content out on their own brand. But having said that, uh, NBC Universal is owned by Comcast, which also owns Sky, so it makes sense for those two to have a deal because, you know, that 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 I imagine in the future that we may see the Sky brand go much further. It might end up being that, um, you know, there's some American exposure for Sky as, as NBC Universal and, you know, does continues to do its broadcast content and Peacock and all that kind of stuff. But Sky's definitely got a bright future under Comcast because it's a very big company. Um, so, yeah, it's, so it's, it's perhaps not surprising that those two have teamed up. Um, the Viacom CBS thing is odd because they made such a fuss about launching Paramount Plus and having all of that, you know, Star Trek content and a lot of the stuff that CBS is famous for, which is um, dreary cop procedurals, frankly. They do two things, cops and lawyers. Oh, and uh, doctors. That's what's on CBS. It's like a very strange childhood game on our street. Cops, lawyers <laughs> and doctors. Yeah. Except back in Rotherham, it was... Um... Well, it doesn't really matter what it was when we were growing up. It was <laughs> different. Um, well, th- this is great. Richard raises a very good question in our live chat, which is, do we really have space for any more subscription services? Well, no. Because I have a one-in-one-out policy at the moment. I cancelled Disney+, Plus. I cancelled Apple TV+, Plus, um, and I kept Netflix, and we kept Amazon, and um, something else. What did we keep? something else i can't remember but i can't keep britbox and i can't keep disney plus i can't keep apple tv but then apple tv released invasion that really high budget alien um drama oh sort right. of thing. and there's a new season of dickinson and a new season of the morning show that i hadn't watched and so yeah. what i actually decided to do and i'm going to test this theory Just out, buy another ipad and get it for free for 12 months <laughs> no a much cheaper alternative is to rather than say well i have to have everything at my fingertips all the time as they happen wait for the season to conclude mm. and then pay five pounds and binge watch everything i want for a month and cancel again it's going against yeah. the theory of why the business model works but honestly there is so much right now that i feel like there's almost a service room for a service where you pay and it gives you access to any library 
you know well i I was just going to say what about some sort of rather than having an aggregator which is what you're proposing which i like as an idea what about if you just had a, a service um and i'm feeling regret about not immediately patenting this idea that just cancels your subscriptions for you so basically you know it says right your your month for uh, watching stuff on Disney Plus is going to be March. You could build in some AI, so you tell it what shows you want, and it sort of looks at the schedule and, I don't know, some, there must be a way of doing it, uh, and then sort of enables your subscription at certain times so you can watch a show and then cancels it again for you. Well, it's a, it's a genius idea, Ian. I do feel like we've just given away one of the best ideas we've ever come up with uh, <laughs> for, for free. Um, well, and actually, to just to come back to your point there, actually, that is kind of what Sky is doing in a way. Like Sky is bringing, you know, so if if uh, Peacock from NBC and Paramount Plus from CBS are both going to be on Sky, and you get them if you've got a movie subscription for free, Sky is kind of doing that, isn't it? It's kind of offering a way for you to access those services without having to subscribe to them individually. Yeah. So that is kind of like maybe we should be pleased that Sky is taking some initiative and uh, and making it so you don't have to have a hundred thousand subscriptions and just everything is in one place. That would be amazing. I mean, we keep doing this, mate. We keep coming up with all these brilliant ideas and and it and never actually doing anything to protect them. It's my baby babysitting by post all over again, isn't it? That was a great idea, to be fair. I, and, I mean, you know. I still... Anyone who who doesn't want to store their baby in a van that's driven around the neighbourhood uh, for the low low cost of fifty pounds is, in my opinion, an idiot. It's heated. There's food on demand, <laughs> and a trained worker will pamper and look after your baby. And re- and and I know what your concern is, and I've said this before: replace any damaged babies. <laughs> You know, Nate, people are really funny about babies. They like to get the same one back. People are too precious. Right, let's move on because we've got one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had with anyone about um, apprenticeships coming up in just a mini moment. Um, First, though, here's a little bit of music to serve as what we like to call a bit of a bumper. Right, we've heard that song twice now today, so I'm going to fade it down a little bit earlier than I normally do. Um, I had a great chat in a converted church um, a week or so ago with a friend of the show, Charlotte Stegall, who is a fiercely committed um, advocate for the apprenticeship industry in the UK. And she told me that it is the uh, National Apprenticeship Week, a whole week of um, promotional activity going on around why young people and people at any age actually um, should be doing apprenticeships and how they can get started and obviously there are a lot going on in the technology world as may come as no surprise so we met up and we had a chat about it and this is how that conversation went what actually officially is an apprentice so an apprentice is a full-time worker they're paid and they spend 20 percent of their time working towards a qualification that's recognized um, throughout the uk and how much does that have in common with things like internships work experience placements like as far as officially recognized things you would put on a cv go 
So you you would put an apprenticeship on on a CV because it's it's a job, um, and also the the apprentice is on a full time contract. So once they finish the apprenticeship, they still stay there. So it's you know a, a job. An internship is usually uh, a current university student, usually for about three months, can be longer. Um, and work experience tends to be, you know, when you're at secondary school for a couple of weeks and so on. That's unpaid. Internships are paid in the UK, at least they should be. Um, and apprenticeships are paid as well. We're having this conversation now, obviously, well, maybe not obviously for some people listening, but it's uh, National Apprenticeship Week, um, which I'll be honest, I'd never heard of. Um, so I was very grateful that you, you flagged it. What is the... Per- I mean, you're not connected to it in an official capacity as far as I'm aware, but you're just very passionate about, about the topic in general. So what is the week from an unofficial point of view, at least? So in my world, National Apprenticeship Week is huge. It's usually one of our busiest weeks of the year. Um, a few jobs ago, I, I used to work for an apprenticeship provider and I used to go into schools and talk to kids about apprenticeships and give advice and guidance. And my week was full. But the week in general is, is a government... Uh, it's a government initiative, I guess, um, to try and promote apprenticeships. And the reason why the government wants to promote it is because it upskills people. There are lots of people who go and choose uh, different qualifications um, that aren't necessarily applicable to jobs. And then when they come out on the end of it, they make decisions or they might, might want to reskill into different sectors and come back in on an apprenticeship. The government obviously has a really big interest in having people skilled in things that are going to be immediately applicable to jobs um, so that's why they're doing it but it's just a week to celebrate the advancements of them um, to celebrate our apprentices of course um, and just show how great they can be for an organization and also for a young person can you give me a sense of the kind of spread of, of opportunities as far as tech apprenticeships go apprenticeships they come in different levels they go from you can get level ones but they're they're quite rare level two is equivalent to five dcse's they go all the way up to level seven which is equivalent to a master's um and so people can get general at general genuine masters and genuine degrees on apprenticeships um and in terms of technology there's so many different um new standards um the, the courses um, being created to meet the business's needs. So a good example is DevOps. There's a, there's a brand new DevOps level four apprenticeship, which is equivalent to the first year of university. And they worked with businesses to say, okay, with a DevOps um, employee, what skills do you need? And then they built this year and a half long qualification around that. So all the time there's new things being built. Multiverse is one of the, well, we, we tend to use um, QA and Multiverse and they're really great apprenticeship providers um, multiverse is actually quite interesting because it's it's been founded by ewan blair who's tony blair's son tony blair wanted 50 percent of the population to go to university his son ewan is like no i'm really gung-ho on getting the apprenticeships to be as good as university and to give give their apprentices the same experiences so they have clubs and societies they have um, motivational speakers they have yoga clubs all these kinds of things it's really interesting that you mention university and and apprenticeships as an alternative i didn't go to university i didn't do particularly anything uh, gcc or, or a level wise has that landscape changed to make that actually now you can plan your way into a, um, a, a profession and genuinely not need to worry about university and debt absolutely and that's one of the things that I'm 
passionate that one of the reasons why I'm passionate about friendships they, they're quite an equalizer and you can go into um, you can go into different routes and different without going to university without getting the debt like you said I think the last piece of the puzzle that we need to build on which is why I'm appreciative to National Friendship Week is getting parents on board parents still prefer their children to go to university I feel and they don't understand when they think of apprenticeships they think of plumbing or carpentry or hairdressing when actually like we've said you can do software engineering you can do testing you can do data you can do devops there's so many different technology um, related and and non-technology of course um, related apprenticeships that bridge that gap and they're nine times out of ten especially if they're working in technology they're being paid a decent salary it's usually not enough to live on by themselves so it's not equivalent to like a, a graduate salary um, but it, you know you're getting a degree you're getting qualifications potentially a degree um, and also getting paid on top with none of the debt there's nothing the the only the only point to consider with this is that um i don't know what age you started working but apprentices can be from the age of 16 they can be of any age but they can be from the age of 16 that 16 year old needs to be work ready so they need to be able to go into an office every day and we're really flexible with our apprentices we have one that said in the interview do you know what i actually prefer to start work at like 10 or half 10 and work later because that's how i work fine cool We'll, we'll build it around you but they still need to be work ready. And I think that's that's the key that we just need to focus on to make sure that every apprentice is set up for success. It's really interesting. Um, what then would the best first port of call be for someone, either a parent who's listening, who has uh, a young uh, you know, son or daughter who, who maybe an apprenticeship could be a good route for them, or obviously someone who thinks an apprentice, uh, apprenticeship could be for them? Like, how do you get started? What do you type into Google? So... If that young person is currently in education, if they're at school or college or even university, go to um, that school, college or university's careers service. Most places have dedicated careers advisors who give amazing um, information about this. The National Apprenticeship Week does have a government official uh, um, website and it has like a list of all the events happening as well. Just tapping into these events is is a really good way to get that information. Throughout the week, you're going to have, um, oh, what's her name, Steph, who does Steph's Pat Lunch. McGovern. That's the one. She's always a really, really good uh, person to listen to. She gets it on, you know, mainstream TV and stuff as well. So there will be information thrown at your face. But have a look. And then if you are looking at applying for apprenticeships, just search on Google, at usually bigger companies because they're, they're more likely to have apprentices, but just search where would this young person want to work, what kind of environment. Every company is very different. So just think about that and then reach out to them. I'm, I get emails all the time asking me about apprenticeships. I'm more than happy to answer questions. We'll include your um, these links and also link to your social profiles and everything. Um, for anyone who's listening, uh, they'll be in the MP3 show notes or go to uktechshow.com slash episodes uh, and you'll find the link in the show notes there. Um, Charlotte, it's been fascinating to talk to you. Thank you so much. But just before I let you go, is there any key thing that I haven't asked you that you think that might be worth people knowing or a misconception about apprenticeships that maybe you could clear up? That's a good question. I don't think so. I just want to reiterate that apprenticeships are 
especially with an industry considered equal to degrees in lots of cases actually someone who's been through a degree uh, sorry been through an apprenticeship is considered more valuable to the business than a graduate because they've got the experience as well as the qualification as well and to just really explore what's out there because it's a whole massive world there's so many different options um, and they are treated equally like I said so they should be explored as equally as university and that doesn't always happen well, thank you again to Charlotte for taking the time and, and talk to us. We'll include links in the show notes for this episode to National Apprenticeship Week, which is uh, between the 7th and 13th of February in the UK. So pretty much today, if you're listening to it on the day this goes out um, for the rest of the week. And obviously reach out to her if you have any questions. We'll include links to whatever profiles she sends me between now and when I edit it. Um <laughs> but they'll all be at uktechshow.com forward slash episodes. Look for episode 266 or in your MP3 description below. I was just wanted to, I just wanted to say I could not agree with that more. Like, um, you know, I went to university. Um, it was fine, but I would have, I think it gives you a lot more control over your finished job if you think about it then. And if, if you like me and I would have known what I wanted to do, having an apprenticeship in that field would be so much more valuable than going and wasting three years at university. Um, and, you know, it would it will set you on a path far quicker. So I really believe in that kind of thing. And I think um, we should be cheering for apprenticeships and all of those kind of vocational um, qualifications as much as possible. Absolutely. Well, um, I also would like to cheer for our patrons, since we mentioned cheering, um, who are supporting us directly. I would include Colin Lawrence, uh, who's recently upped, uh, upped their pledge. So thank you ever so much, Colin, and everyone who's supporting us. Uh, if you want to get the full version of this show without any ads, uh, join our live audience. We've got a lot of chatting going on right now every week. Get our sister show, Extra Message, and the full archive of all of our live episodes, depending on how you want to support us. Um, you can do all that by going to patreon.com forward slash you. UK Tech. And if you are one of them, you're about to hear our third and final discussion story for this week. One person who I have no idea how much he pays for power, but fortunately he has enough of it to do a show every week, every day, called Daily Tech News Show. It's Tom Merritt. Here's what's been going on on Daily Tech News Show this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Patrick Norton helped us find hope in the hunt for GPUs. I mean, okay, not a lot of hope, but some. We also discuss whether Facebook is done for. And no, I don't mean Meta. I mean Facebook, the social network part of Meta. Uh, Sony also bought Bungie, and Scott Johnson helped us understand why Microsoft and Sony's acquisitions are not about consoles, they're about the metaverse. And Nika Monfort kicked off Black History Month for us with a bit about the woman who brought us gifts and Hulu and a whole lot more. All that and one man's solo cyber attack against North Korea at dailytechnewsshow.com. Thank you, Tom. Uh, I always like that Tom says GIF, as it should be. Yeah. Um, thank you, Tom. Thank you again to Charlotte for her earlier uh, input on National Apprenticeship Week. They uh, Links to that, as we mentioned, can be found at uktechshow.com. For anyone who doesn't get our full-length version, you have a great chat about power saving tips ahead of the uk's massive price hike um which you can check out by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash uk tech um ian what else haven't we said and if nothing would you like to say goodbye to the ladies and gentlemen um that sounds good um yes i would like to say goodbye um quickly then bye 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.